You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to G-Talk. Girl Be Heard's podcast and new platform for girls to express themselves beyond the stage. I'm your host, Zoe Norman Hunt. One, two, three, four. Listen up. Time for girls, all of us, to take the stage. What? It's 2020, and the coronavirus continues to spread across the country, but it has not stopped our girls from being heard. Our 2020 mainstay show, Citizen Be Heard, Our Wildest Dreams, was scheduled to open on April 22nd. Girl Be Heard had to cancel all of our spring performances due to the pandemic. Not to worry. Starting today, G-Talk will begin a new series of podcasts highlighting original works by the cast of Girl Be Heard's 2020 main stage show, Citizen Be Heard. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Alyssa Martinez, and I'm a company member with Girl Be Heard. And you can see more of our main stage show in the coming weeks on girlbeheard.org. This is my soapbox piece, Home. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Can I have your attention, please? I just wanted to clear the air for people like me. And with that, here's some poetry. Always there with just a prayer. And I've decided to do what the scribes did. Venture inside this brain to find my pain, then use my words to try to describe it. Says a man on the sixth train. He's got a purple jacket. While others have purple hearts, I can't help but see myself in him. A starving poet, we make a living off of paper and pen. I guess that's how we make ends meet. Then it hits me. I am a stanza away from begging for the exact same thing. I was amazed to see that he never asked for money. Just a paper and pen. Now imagine our veterans. You trade your rights to protect someone else's life. To be welcomed home with concrete and styrofoam cups. Homelessness has never equated to lazy. You can't judge a book by the garments it wears or the buildings they reside in. Poverty's never had a poster child. Fires happen. Jobs can be lost. Accidents and deaths occur. There's no blueprint for stability. We live in a world where you have it or you don't. 
with billions of dollars allocated to miscellaneous things instead of helping the people who need it. 91,897 is a big number. I guess it doesn't matter until you're part of the equation. The irony in this is a man who I thought had nothing left to give. Gave me food for thought, a reason to write, and something new to fight for. Thank you. That was amazing. Alyssa, I wanted to ask you, how does homelessness affect your day-to-day life? Um, honestly, I don't want to say like in a in a rude way that it disrupts my peace, but like my commute to my jobs, you know, I take the train, I take the bus and things like that. Um, I do come across people who are homeless and it just, it frustrates me because I know that homelessness is not uh, like like laziness. It's not because someone chose not to work or they didn't feel like doing what they needed to do in order to survive. A lot of people have unfortunate situations where they can't pay rent. They can't pay certain bills. They can't, you know, have the surroundings that they may have wanted initially. And, you know, they end up homeless. And once I did the research behind like homelessness, especially in our country, and I saw how many people were actually veterans or they worked on Wall Street and things like that, it really made me open my eyes and think about like how I'm interacting with people who are homeless. I've never been rude to them, but I think that as a whole, we all could cut back on giving people the cold shoulder because you never know what position they could have been in. And honestly, a lot of us are just inches away from being just like them. That was really profound. I also wanted to ask you, um, how do you think homelessness affects families and communities as a whole? That's a tough question. Um, I don't I don't have like an exact answer, but um, it, it definitely trickles down. Like I, I work in a school now. Uh, I work with children, middle schoolers specifically. And honestly, if the head of the household does not have the means to provide, that's going to affect the offspring that they produce. So the kids who live in these environments, they're going to end up homeless and they end up in the system. And a lot of people kind of just cast these kids aside without thinking about the best ways to meet their needs and things like that. And it just, it affects the way communities are interacted with and how they're treated, you know, with where they're from. Thank you. And human to human, how do you feel about your interactions with homeless people? Honestly, I feel like my interactions have gotten better within the past couple months, um, especially this past year, I would say, since I decided to do the work to find out, um, like just how homelessness in our country works, if that makes sense. And um, just to shed some light on like the inspiration behind this piece, I was heading to rehearsals one day and there was this man on the train and he had on a purple jacket and it was real beat up, obvious reasons. And, you know, everyone always turns their head and they put in their headphones and they, you know, they get into their own little world whenever someone's on the train and they're asking for attention. But I feel like when you do give that person a time of day, like you're doing something for them and for yourself. Um, And it was a dope moment. Like he stood there and he did this awesome poem, which I quoted in my piece. And um, instead of him going around asking for money, he didn't pass around a hat. He asked people if we had paper or pen or food. And I was really just kind of like mind blown in that moment because we always expect someone to ask for something 
And in his poem, he said he wasn't a man with his hand out looking for handouts. And it's crazy because I saw people literally after he said the poem respond in the way that he mentioned. It made me feel like I need to take more responsibility personally on my commutes to whatever job I'm going to or from hanging out with friends. Like I, um, I carry like small waters with me to give out to people if I feel like they need them or even if they don't need them, like just cause uh, I take the snacks that I usually bring to my students after school, whatever they don't eat, I carry with me and I also give it to people. Um, that's like one of the best ways I know how to give back within means because obviously I'm not financially stable to fix every single problem that we come across. But if people had enough heart to just give a little extra, knowing that they have more of it, it helps. Thank you, Alyssa. I think you're a brilliant poet and I loved your piece and everything about it. And I think something that we experience on a day-to-day basis, you took and made it into something profound and meaningful. So I want to thank you for everything. Thank you. My name is Felicity Flores Drew, and I'm a company member. You can see more of our work on Girl Be Heard's YouTube channel. This is my soapbox, a holy contradiction. I have always been prayerful. I had a Bible by my bedside. As a little girl, I dreamed I would be wed in a gorgeous cathedral to someone who adored me. This became a conflict of interest after I came out as bisexual. A pastor, a preacher, whatever the hell he might be, tells me, God will not love you the way that you are. That hurts more than the other torture. They beat me with Bibles. They treat me despicably. They break me. I lose my faith, my sanity, and self-worth. That's what they take. My father is appalled and disgusted with my queerness instead of how I am treated by others. This lands me in conversion therapy. This lands me chest level in holy water and knee deep in trouble, surrounded by sheets. Half asleep, I dream of a girl I kissed in broad daylight. The girl told me that she was madly in love with me, that I was the sunlight coming through the blinds. She told me that even though she was 17 and she could never make up her mind about what to order at restaurants or what her favorite color was, she was completely and entirely mine for the keeping. I fell asleep in the girl's arms and, oh God, to be loved by her, to be held by her, to be kissed by her, to be hers. At the end of the night when I wake up, I came to the realization. I lost my faith. I lost the girl and the people who vowed to love me turned their back. On the eve of my 19th birthday, I had an entire epiphany. My God adores me and smiles upon me and my lover. The girl who loves me holds me near and dear to her heart, loves me in my entirety. The greatest epiphany of all, which some people fail to understand, is my queerness is part of me, but not my entirety. I'm infinitely more than who I decide to love. Let me say that once more. I am infinitely more than who I decide to love. I don't think who I decide to love is of great importance. I think how I love is of great importance. I'm a woman who loves far too much, far too often. I have a poet's heart, one that is willing to be broken for the sake of a story. You see, I am a storyteller. I tell stories for the marginalized, for the lonely, for the broken. I tell the stories about the tragedies that go unspoken. I am all peach pits and prose, and heaven knows 
You are more than who you decide to love. Love is of human nature, a human expression, not an unnatural urge. I will urge America to follow in the footsteps of New York, New Jersey, and California to ban conversion therapy. I will urge you to stand by LGBTQ youth, and the singular truth is that we are all deserving of love and of life. Thank you. Ooh, snaps. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. I love that piece. Ooh. Y'all, I'm sweating. I love that. (laughs) So beautiful. I have a favorite line. What? That sunlight coming through the blinds? Like, what is that? Like, that's beautiful. When you talk about the girl, it just breaks my heart in the most perfect way. Thank you so much. I, I, I love this piece. I worked so hard in it. I believe you. It definitely yeah, it shows. It's a real place. It shows. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. So, Felicity, we have some questions for you. The people you want do. to know. What would you say to someone who has gone through conversion therapy? Um, I feel like conversion therapy is a heart-wrenching, devastating experience. And I've never been through conversion therapy. So I feel like I can only speak from the outside experience. And I would tell them that everything is temporary. Your pain is temporary. Your suffering was temporary. And your feelings are valid. The heartbreak and the the pain you went through is valid. And you deserve to heal. That's what I would say. I agree with you on that. So my next question is, what do you want people to do when they hear your piece? I feel like the main thing that I wanted to do was educate through a human experience because some of my friends have been through conversion therapy and they had a Revy. They were never the same afterwards. And so I really just wanted to educate people, but also let them know that this is human. You know, this is an experience that a person had. This isn't some folklore that you read about on the news. This is a real thing and we need to do something about it. That deserves a snap because that's facts. Um, Thank you. Yeah, ma'am. Um, my last question was, what are some of the effects of conversion therapy like on the psyche? Like what does that do to a person so that people can further understand why conversion therapy should be banned? Right. That's a great question. So one of the effects of conversion therapy is disassociation and learning like how to cope with living on the outside. Because like I said earlier, you are never the same after that. And there is a certain level of relearning and unlearning, relearning how to live and unlearning coping mechanisms that you learn to stay alive. And those two things are extremely difficult and painful. And it's definitely an excruciating process. But I believe that everyone deserves to live their life in their truth and in their honesty and in their love. So I think it's worthwhile to go on the road to recovery. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for this dope piece. It Thank was you. phenomenal as always. Nothing new. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I do have a couple more questions for you guys, if you're willing. Of course. Um, first, since we're all talking about, like, pieces that you know how much we love each other's pieces i would love for you to say to each other what is the one thing that inspires you most from the piece you heard today you know the thing about Alyssa's work is that Alyssa will tell me like oh i love that line i feel like every line that she writes is so carefully put together and written that i feel like i can never choose a favorite line because there are so many things that hit me and i think she is such a powerful poet and such a powerful person. And I love how she wants to create change and do the right thing. And I'm just blown away by her moral compass and her writing. Thank you. That was so sweet. Aww. I love you. <laughs> Got to get a little mushy during the pandemic. Come on now. <laughs> but um, for Felicity, her pen game is ridiculous. Like the way she writes and the ability that she has to paint such vivid pictures for people and make connections with her audience members through her work is just like, I have no words for it. Um, But honestly, hearing this piece, I already knew that conversion therapy was a problem. And I know that it was, you know, a, a horrible thing to do to someone. I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is like that she has this ability to bring certain stories that don't belong to her to life and make it personal and make her audience members feel like, okay, this is disgusting. This is heinous. Like something has to be done because look at how she's talking to me. Look at the things that she's saying. And like, this resonates with me. Like you can't help but feel some type of way when you hear her, especially in this piece. And, and, you know, with her word choice, like knee deep, what is it? Knee deep in holy water, right? That's what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's something else like to hear something like that it's like wow like that that's a that's such an uncomfortable thing to think about and the fact that she talks about how her god smiles down on her and her god still loves her despite who she chooses to love that's an important concept to enforce whether a lot of people agree with it or not you know but it's just it's amazing the things that she does with her work i i never have the right words for it it's so beautiful i'm so glad you guys i'm glad that you guys shared that with each other that's beautiful uh, how are you doing during all of this global pandemic? How has the global pandemic been treating you? Um, it's been okay. I'm trying to make the best out of the situation. I think in some ways it's been a blessing in disguise because it allows a lot of us to slow down out of our usual routines and kind of take time out for ourselves a little bit, as selfish as that may sound. But it's not the easiest. It gets kind of stressful. We're all getting a little stir crazy being home all the time, but... You know, I'm I'm trying to make the best with what I have at the moment. I feel that stir crazy part definitely. I think my cat's starting to judge me and it's like, why are you still here? 
Um, It's my senior senior year, so I was pretty bummed out about not being able to go to school. But Girl Be Heard has been a lifesaver. Um, The rehearsals and the constant time that we've spent together as a cast has really been beneficial and helpful because I really miss them. And, you know, it's still a beautiful process, even though there's so much going on in the outside world that we can't control. Yeah, I'm glad that, you know, Girl Be Heard has been able to be helpful for you guys. I was wondering how rehearsals have been since you're not able to be physically together, how that's been working for you guys. It's been good. Yeah. I really miss the cast. Like it's not the same as seeing them, but it's close enough, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I can agree with you on that. Um, It's been fun. You know, it's still different because we're so far away from each other, but we're still able to get work done and communicate and kind of still have that human interaction, even though we're not, as close as we want to be. And I think rehearsals are just a little bit harder now, especially doing like ensemble pieces because picking up cues is kind of hard if one person's Wi-Fi isn't working and another person can't connect and stuff like that. It leaves gaps while we're um, practicing. I've just really enjoyed the opportunity to still create during this stressful time. Like I feel like that's the only thing that keeps me sane. So I'm really grateful for that. Now I do have another question on a much lighter subject. Well, semi-lighter subject. During this pandemic, uh, what have you been doing to keep you busy? Are you binging TV shows? Anything good? Are you cooking? Are you Have you picked up a new hobby? Are you knitting or anything like that? Aside from just creating work with Girl Be Heard. Well, to be honest, I, I think Alyssa knows this. I'm obsessed with Mindy Kaling. Like, I love her. So <laughs> I've been watching Four Weddings and a Funeral on repeat. Um, that's one of my favorite shows that she's written. And like, I read her book twice during quarantine. So I've just been kind of binging on Mindy Kaling. Wow. I didn't know that she wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral. Huh. Yeah, she did. Have you watched her new show on Netflix? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting for the right time to watch it. So I'm waiting for like, I'm, when I'm really sad and devastated about not being able to go outside. Uh, and then I'm going to watch it so that I cheer up. I see. I got you. I got you. And you, Alyssa? Uh, whew. I'm still working. Uh, like I said, I have a couple jobs. So I've been, you know, on the phone with parents all day or working with my students. And then I started to participate, at least in watching a lot of virtual open mics. And I've made a lot of acquaintances in the poetry world. So we've been working on different things. And um, some of the poets are like newer to writing. So we've been having a lot of FaceTime calls about like performance technique and stuff like that, or maybe becoming um, more descriptive in our writing and things like that. I've been doing a lot of prompts and I took a good amount of time out to actually get back to the book that I was working on a couple months ago. And that's actually been coming along really, really nicely. Um, And it's been nice to just do what I love outside of like maybe a social justice uh, standpoint. Um, Because the dope thing about Girl Be Heard is that you do learn a lot to create the content that we make uh, for our listeners and things like that. Uh, But it's also important to self-reflect and take moments to think about who we are as activists and as artists and how is that being displayed in the work that we are creating. So that's what I've been doing for the most part. And I just want to say something about that real quick. Writing with Alyssa is next level. Like outside of Girl Be Heard, I have spent time with her and I have done a little bit of writing with her. And it's it's a very ethereal feeling. <laughs> like she she has this brilliant mind and but when you talk to her, you feel like you're talking 
to a regular person, but she spits like these lines that are amazing. And then you're sitting there like, oh, okay. And then you just create some beautiful work. So I'm really proud of all the work that she's been, like she mentioned her book. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to see it. Like she's going to be doing some amazing things, y'all. You'll, you really have to keep up. That is so awesome. Wait, so Alyssa, is this a book of poetry or a novel? Oh, it's definitely a, a book of poetry. I started it a while ago and I hit like a, I guess you could say a plateau where I was kind of like, how are my pieces connecting? So um, when quarantine started, I started to do writing prompts. Like I made them by myself. Um, and then I started to work on them with like my best friend or other artists that I'm not as close to, to see like, what are some of the things that we were uh, coming up with? And we started to have some really dope conversations about like self-discovery and healing and who you are outside of trauma and things like that. And a lot of like developmental aspects of you as a person and then as an artist to see how those two uh, intersect and overlap and stuff like that. So um, in doing those pieces, ironically, I was able to come up with content to put back into the book to finish it so that it connects the way it's supposed to. It shows the messages that I'm trying to get across and it's um, it makes more sense now. There's a lot more clear uh, imagery and messages throughout the whole thing. But it's it's all poetry, yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm so glad that you guys been able to stay creative and stay active during these times. And... My last question for you guys is a way happier subject. What's the first thing you're going to do when quarantine is lifted? Celebrate my birthday. As you should. As you should. We are going out for your birthday. That's a big fact. And When's Alyssa your birthday for us today? Uh, my birthday is May 18th, but I doubt the city will be back to normal by then. So. I'm May 23rd. I'm, I was saying to my sister, I'm not even acknowledging my birthday. I'm like, I'm calling a mulligan on this year. I'm not, yes. you know, aging. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking that birthday back. You don't get to have that birthday 2020 because you screwed me. <laughs> exactly. I feel you on that. Yes. Amen to that. Because I, I was like, wow, I'm going to turn 18 in the midst of a pandemic. Like this is, this would only happen to me. I swear to God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, this is my luck. Listen, at least yeah. you're making it to 18. You know, sometimes you got to look at it in that uncomfortable perspective. Like eh, I'm here. So. Yeah, Alyssa's right. Alyssa, make sure that I stay grateful. So shout yeah, out to her for that. You have to. We could have a virtual birthday party. We could like Uber Eats you like cake or something. Aww. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. What um, about you, Alyssa? Are you going to do something fun? I'm staying home after quarantine is lifted only because, only because I'm not super trusting that everything is going to be like in the clear so you have to let like the first few waves, I know this sounds so bad. You have to let the first few waves of people that like are dying to be outside, go outside first. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. They get sick, they get sick. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then they go through what they go through. And then you go outside. You let everybody else go out and then you go out. You got to make sure that the coast is super clear. So you got to wait a little bit. You sound just like my mother. I mean, like, that's how I've been feeling too. I'm like, I'm, I'm imagining that there won't really be going out for me in my mind till like maybe July and June. Cause I'm like, realistically, yeah. I just don't, I mean, even when I go to supermarkets and if I see people without gloves getting food, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people gross. are not always taking it as seriously as they need to. And I, I worry, I mean like with people opening the country up in other sections right now, I'm just like, I feel like we're rushing and I know why we're rushing because people need to work who like, don't have jobs or can work virtually they need their work and i get that but i'm just like realistically are you guys being as safe as possible to make sure this is dealt with because until we have a vaccine 
I mean, it won't really be done. Exactly. And I feel like the world will never be the same after this, unfortunately. Unfortunately, in some ways, because I feel like we need to really look at the healthcare system closely and see how we can remedy that, because that right now has shown that it is not all we hype it up. It doesn't work. No. I mean, if anything, like I've been saying to my parents, and we've all been talking about this, like this has revealed the cracks in this country. I mean, in most countries, but in this country especially, it's revealed the big cracks. Like mm-hmm. the house of cards over a match because as soon as something goes wrong, as soon as one card is moved from the right, like one place, everything goes crashing down. And we were so not ready for this. And no, we, we are unfortunately being led by an idiot. So that's not helpful. Um, I think it was Michael Moore that said, like, we need to think about what kind of a country we want to live in after this. Hey, a I clean one. one. <laughs> A clean yeah. one. <laughs> I'm not a fond of everything one. that's going on, but I'm okay with the lockdown if that means that we can be safer. But the thing that's frustrating for me is seeing a lot of people within my age bracket just like going out, acting like they're invincible or something, because that's not how it works. I mean, there's a bunch of people that got sick on spring break. There's people that got sick oh, not too far from where I live because they've been out and about on the trains and stuff like that. So, I mean, we got to do it. On a train. I haven't been on a train since March. Which is the craziest thing to me because I take the train every day to work. I have not been on a train since then. It's kind of strange to not have been on the train that long. And I mean, I don't know if the numbers are correct right now, but some people have died who work in the MTA. Yep. A bunch. Yeah. We lost a bunch of UFT members too. I just think like 50 something teachers. Yeah. I think this is the time that we need to, like, especially with the healthcare system and as of individuals, we need to figure out, like, how are we going to fix this system to make it applicable and affordable and beneficial to the people around us? Because there are people dying because we don't have enough resources, and that's not right. Yeah. And, so like, we I don't even have the tests. We exactly. don't. They're being we tested, don't. which is crazy. <laughs> So I'm like, that's something that scares me the most because they're like, oh, the number has gone down. I'm like, but everyone hasn't been tested. So we can't possibly know if the number's actually gone down. Mm -hmm. They don't have enough tests for all of us anyway. Like, and then to get tested, like I had, I had to go to the doctor and I had to pay $200 to get seen and all this crap. Cause you know, I didn't have insurance. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. And then like the doctor barely did anything for me and then he still refused the test. So I'm like, okay, great. So I just paid all that for what? For you to poke my face? Okay. Yeah. Oh, cute. See, and then, then the other problem is like all the people, for instance, like the people who aren't citizens and people who don't have healthcare who won't go get tested because they yes. can't pay it. So That's I'm like, so that there's another problem. bigger issue. Like we don't, we cannot get the right amount of numbers until free testing is just a thing that we're doing. It's supposedly we'll I haven't seen a free test yet. Yeah, Girl. and I just America ain't like, nothing free. I I feel like free testing is essential. As a first generation daughter of an immigrant, I can tell you that there are a lot of people who don't want to get t- tested because of their immigration status or because they're afraid or somewhere in between that gray area, and that's that's literally unethical because we all deserve to be alive. You know, we all deserve to exist. <laughs> And not being able to get tested, like, then you can't even seek any treatment of any kind, you know? And testment, testing is essential right now, I think. Yeah. And that's you see what the they're doing to people hurdle. in detention centers that may or may not have it? They're just sending them home? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, they can infect everyone. Like, I, I don't understand. I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. It just shows how many cracks there are in this system and how something needs to be done. Exactly. And how we need to reevaluate how this country works and get that orangutan out of office. Oh, he's too orange. No. <laughs> Such truth. Make sure you vote, y'all. Don't forget to vote. Yes. Uh, and in New York, uh, get your absentee ballot. Remember. Gotta register for that. Yeah. I, I, I can't lie. I'm a little bit naive. I have two grandparents who are in their 80s. I'm like, I don't want them going to the to vote. It makes me very nervous. I feel like in this time, it, the most important thing that we can do for each other is just like have empathy for each other because right now is not an easy time um, for any of us. Like it's just so, you know, it, it's so devastating in so many ways that we're realizing that, well, honestly, we have realized, but you know, that it's more in the forefront that this is happening. If that makes sense. I think it does. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Thank you again. I'm so glad that yeah. we were able to give it to you. Thank you, Zoe. I know it's good to, to hear your voice. Like I know, it's so good to hear your voice too. Alyssa. I miss you. This has been a special edition of G Talk with performances from Girl Be Heard's 2020 main stage show, Citizen Be Heard, Our Wildest Dreams. A special thanks goes out to the cast, Alyssa Martinez, Cameron Bruno, Danaza Provet, Felicity Forte, Jamila Rosemond, Nakima Warren, Manasha Thomas, Spencer Sanchez, and Wendy Kabul. This is a Girl Be Heard production, and thanks for listening. This episode has been produced by Kim Sykes and the cast of our 2020 main stage show. Our executive producers are Chi Katano and Kim Sykes. I'm your host, Zoe Norman Hunt. And remember, it's not enough to talk. You must be heard. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.